0: Today on The Psychic Jam, we are going to discuss death and what it means to our clients, especially those clients who live with a terminal illness. We're going to learn how to open up the conversation in a loving and mature way that comforts instead of instilling fear.
1: You are listening to The Psychic Jam, a podcast that inspires holisticpreneurs like you to gain confidence, to learn and to listen to your inner voice. Tune in as featured experts of the Psychic Associates discuss
0: heavy and taboo topics, breaking down all the barriers of the realities of working in this industry. We are the Psychic Associates. Today, I am joined by Jay Lane and Liz Thropp, and I'm Amber Price. Today, we're discussing death. It's not a dirty word. Liz, can you give us some insight on some of the experiences you might have had or that come to mind when we're talking about death and dealing with our clients?
1: Absolutely, Amber. This is such a great conversation to have because I don't think we talk about death enough in this, in this country specifically. But my particular memory of a client that stands out for me was my first terminal client, now, I went into this reading where I was asked to come to the home, and I didn't have a clue. You know, we don't know who we're talking to until we get there. That's how it works for us. So anybody who's not familiar with what we do, we don't have a clue what's going to happen until we get there. And I was brought into a room. I was, I was greeted at the door by this beautiful woman who said, it's just another room, so I'm just going to bring you through. And uh, get through the room and there's this gentleman all hooked up to machinery in his bed, uh, you know, just not looking well, not looking well. Energetically, I felt his life force was depleted beyond redemption, if that makes sense. We've all felt that, you know, we've all had that, those experiences. So my immediate response was ego. What the hell am I doing here? I can't deal with this. I'm this is too big for me. What am I supposed to say to this person? He's gonna want to know if he's gonna survive. I'm getting vibes. No, you're not surviving. I'm like, this is too much for me. I don't want this. I'm looking for the exit door. (laughs) Get me out of here. It's just brutal. So really, he he just he was so beautiful, such a beautiful soul. He started the conversation and he said, "Look, I know you're probably thinking and exactly all of my ego fears, right? You're probably thinking, what can this person possibly need a reading for?" Because I think it's pretty clear, I'm I'm on my deathbed here, Liz. And it it choked me back. He said, "I just I need to know that I'm not going to be suffering for much longer." That's all he wanted to know. That's literally it in a nutshell. And I got all the information walking in the door when I first laid eyes on him, that this was, and, and actually you guys can attest to this as well. On the way there, I was getting songs on the radio that pertained to death. Um, But beautiful. Like I I can't even think off the, off the top of my head, but I can remember that it was just like, uh, as I reflected, when I left the house Oh my gosh, they were totally preparing me. <laughs> my spirit team was preparing me to deal with this. So I, I had to be honest with them. I said, look, if you ask me the question, I have to tell you the truth. And, and this does not, this doesn't feel good to me to have to tell you this. And he's like, no, I want you to tell me I need to know. And I, I said, I, I don't, I like, I, and I even went into the whole, I made a pact with my spirit team that this is not what I want to do. When I'm working with people, I want to bring joy and, you know, life lessons and and life plans and all of that. That's what I want to bring. If I'm going to work in this industry, that's what you guys need to give to me, bring me clients that are going to deal with this. So this was like, this was out of my scope. And I said to him, I told him all of this and he's laughing and he's like, can you just tell me how much longer I'm going to be here? And I said, I heard the number three. And I said, I feel like you have three days. I feel like you have three days. And he's like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank God. I can't stand being here. I can't stand this. Can't stand what it's doing to my family. I can't stand what it's doing to, you know, the people that come in here that care for me. I can't stand this. I need to go. And I said, well, you're making that, that, um, awareness with your soul your reckoning your soul's reckoning with it and I said that's a beautiful thing and I said you need to bring your family in I said because they're the ones that are keeping you going and you need to ask them to let you go you need to ask them and he said that's a great idea I haven't done that yet and it was three days later that I heard from his wife that he had passed and she said thank goodness you had him discuss that because we all wanted to talk about it with him Because we were told that it was, you know, he, she goes, Liz, he lasted 60 days longer than he should have. So she goes, you're having that conversation with him. Just open the door for us all to discuss his death and what it would mean and how we would cope beyond it and all of that. So it's a beautiful thing to discuss. Death is not something we should shy away from. It is something we should walk into and, and put our fears on the table. And, and our, you know, our misconceptions, because until you have the conversation with somebody, uh, you're, you're just, you're, you're living in a, in a diluted um, misconception of what you think everybody else is thinking. Does that make sense, Jay?
2: It does make sense, Liz. Yeah. So many people want to know when they're dying. And sometimes, you know, I don't have the answers. And I'm glad that your spirit team was able to assist you and give him some relief. And I think that's why you got such a Thank strong you. message around it, you know, to give him what he needed. And I think that it's the education around what happens when people die Because the thing is, most people that want to die or most people that are dying that I go see in a hospice want to know what happens to their soul. Because we stub our toes every day, but we don't die every day, you know? And so for us, it's just such a final thing. I had a near death when I was younger. It was quite an interesting experience, but I'm not afraid of death. But some people are really terrified. In fact, I've had clients who've come to see me that are terrified of dying every day, every single thought that they have encompasses dying. Some people are afraid to be found in undesirable ways when they die. What if I die sitting on the toilet? What if I die when I'm half dressed? What if I die my hair looks like hell? I've heard it all. But it's a true fear for some people. And so it's to explain to them, what happens when they die so that they have more education around it because I find that the more information people have, the more you know, the more you're armed <laughs> with with what it is that you could decide is, is the outcome when it comes to that. So the thing is I have a process of telling people exactly what the soul's journey is according to my beliefs or those that I've learned, because I'm not always right. Other people have different types of beliefs. I try not to, how would I say it? I try not to bring any fear into it. I try to make it as positive as possible. And Because I've had a near-death, I often, and I'm very lucky, because I'm able to talk about my own experiences. Not everybody in this industry will have that experience. But the thing is, is, I think, is to be very honest and realistic, as you said, Liz to be very honest with the person and tell them exactly what it is that you know or what your belief system is or how you've been educated around it so that they could feel more comfortable in knowing where they're going, where their journey will lead them. And Amber, I know that you probably have a million things to say about this, but the thing is, it's really not a dirty word. So many people are afraid to talk about death. And really my experience has been that most people talk about death at funeral homes and that's about it or when someone dies Mm -hmm. and then they let it go. So they've never really had an in-depth conversation about really what truly the soul's purpose is here and where we go after all of this has been said and done on this earthly plane.
0: Right. You know, I agree with all of that. And let's be honest... When we talk about death, it just goes back to our original belief systems that we learned as children. You know, death is sad. Don't upset somebody. Don't say the wrong thing. Um, you know, we all of those things start coming t- to the forefront of our mind. And so, you know, when we refuse to discuss death or dying, we are really just looking at parts of our shadow self or needing to do our inner child work to really understand do I truly believe that this is a sad experience or is this a beautiful experience of the next transition period in our soul you know human soul ascension plan because we've got things that we have to do beyond this right So you know I worked in palliative care years and years. It really does feel like a <laughs> it really does feel like a different lifetime ago at this point. But my dad asked me the question. He said, honey, why do you want to do this every day? Why? Why do you want? He says, I want you to have a happy life. I want you to, you know, go to work every day and be happy. I don't want you to have the burden, he says. And I said, dad, I said, I love you so much for thinking of me. And I know By how you guys raised me that you don't want me to see things and experience things because you protect me from those things I said but I don't see it the way that you guys see it I said and he says what do you mean and I said well you think death is sad and he said yeah (laughs) like all of a sudden wondering who is my daughter and what has they done with her (laughs) where did she go and so I said well dad I said, death is sad because we believe it to be sad and because, you know, people will start to feel uncomfortable and and thinking of all the things they didn't get to do or didn't get to say or all the things. I said, but what if we lived every day consciously making choices that at the end of our life we didn't have to sit and reflect on all the sad things that essentially... We're really just beating ourselves up on of, I should have called her more. I should have told him I loved him more. I should have, would have, could have, what if? And I think I said, I try to live consciously. I'm not perfect, never will be, and never have claimed to be because I'm human. But I said, dad, everybody wants to be with somebody when they're being born. And not many people want to be with somebody when they're taking their last breath. I said, I am okay with that. I want to be with people when they're taking their last breath because I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel the compassion, the love. I want them to feel safe. And I said, and if I can do my part in that, then that's where I'm going to be called to. And I remember the stunned look, this almost epiphany that he had come over him thinking all he said was, wow, wow. And he kind of was choking back some tears because he said, I hope I'm just as lucky to have you or everyone else that thinks that same way around me the day it's my turn. He said, because that is part of what I'm fearful of is that it's going to be so sad, so awkward, so much turmoil is going to be brought up. You've got all these you know, family dynamics that can arise when somebody's dying or has died. And he said, that's kind of what turned me off about the whole thing. And he said, but I never really thought about it this way until you talked about your experience. And he says, so now I support you. I I always have, but I support that you want to go to work every day and do this, and do this work and and be in this industry. He says because now I know my baby's not going to be sad every day. He says, you'll have hard days. Sure. He said, because you're a good person, but he says, you're going to be that light that, that someone needs that day. And I just thought, wow, I feel so much better knowing that I had that conversation with him because now it opened up my eyes of maybe my parents didn't really think the way that I thought they thought, you know, because sometimes you don't have that conversation with your parents, even or your siblings about death and dying. Um, but up until that very moment that I decided to make that transition into palliative care, I, I hadn't really had a conversation about death because it was just something that happens. Like it wasn't, it really wasn't a topic that we sat down and talked about, of course was always open for discussion, but never did. Um, But one of the greatest gifts that I ever, ever got from working in palliative care was working directly with dying people. And they have people that are dying, actively dying. So they might have you know, a terminal illness in most cases, because this is what I'm talking about. When I work in palliative care, something has caused somebody's body to start to deteriorate and they know they're actively dying. So in this case, the amazing perspective and gifts that I left each and every time with, I can never, ever, ever learn from a book, from a TV show, from Anywhere, because that life experience that I received speaking to somebody who was dying really reinforced that I was in the right spot at the right time doing the right thing, but their perspective on it right close to the very end changes to focusing on things that are most important to them in life. The the things that I, you know, spending time with family or Being a good person or having a legacy, the legacy is huge. I found that, you know, the people that I did talk to that had um, estranged relationships or broken uh, values over their lifetime, or that didn't feel that they had a legacy, they struggled the most with understanding, but they also received the most awareness in those moments. And it was never too late to be able to go back and say, here is how I feel today, right now, before I go. So really, my perspective of discussing death has been really, really profound and impactful to me because I was able to learn through my journey of this that you can talk to people and understand from a very deeper perspective of what it is their belief systems are, where they even came up with them or where they they were cultivated, if they believe them today and how through transitioning through the process of dying does that change? Like, for instance you know, birth, living, dying, and death. That's what we do. That As humans, <laughs> this is what we're expected to do. But th- we all avoid those conversations because they're provoking something within us. So how we get to that moment, and, and I guess specifically outside of that, in the moment where somebody asks you the question of, and I remember this, what if I made the wrong decision in how I want to be laid to rest? And I said to the, I said to this client, what do you mean? They said, well, my mom and my dad were cremated and I want to be uh, like buried. And I, and I was saying, I'm thinking to myself, okay, spirit guides, what are we talking about right now? (laughs) Because I'm, because I'm wondering, where are like why would this be a wrong decision so i just flat out said we all go to the same place cuz that's what i heard from the spirit guide at that moment was she's concerned that by choosing the different manner of which we are being laid to rest will change how we meet up with our loved ones at the end so that's then all of a sudden she said yes that's what i was asking if i choose to be buried but my parents are cremated am I going to two separate places? Have I done something wrong? Will we not see each other? Will our souls not meet? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I had never ever as a human myself thought of that. I I had never gone down that road. So that was another blessing in terms of being a medium at that moment, hearing a client say to me, what about if I choose to die and do it this way what where will I go what will happen and is this wrong (laughs) and so that was such a beautiful question because it really started to open up her conversation about her own mortality and accepting her choices and things like that so everything I've learned to date has told us we're going to the same spot Everybody I had will think different ways or hear different things, but the downloads I've received universally are, it doesn't matter if we're cremated, we're in a mausoleum, we, you know, put out to sea. we are all going to the same spot. Like our soul families will connect again in soul form. So to, to me, those are my two examples that I can see that are so profound in my life. Yes. One was a personal one with my dad, but wow. And then the other one was this beautiful client that really gave me that perspective of not only was she afraid to ask the question, but she had a freaking amazing question like that was beautiful, right jay like how yep. how to come up with that question and to think of that, it was a beautiful conversation we ended up having,
2: yeah, and I totally get that because a lot of people will ask those types of questions. you know what's going to happen to me after I die? Am I going to see my loved ones? Am I going to be stuck in between realms? What if I die this way? Does it mean i'm going to be punished? And again, it all comes down and boils down to that education, educating them what happens to our soul after we leave this earthly plane. And and essentially, you know, I mean, everybody's going to have a different belief system, but I just, from what I understand and from my own personal experiences, Is that, you know, I always tell people, if you don't remember being born, you'll certainly never remember dying. Nobody does. There's not one spirit that I've channeled or brought through that really had a regret about how they died. They know they've died, but really they don't bring the emotional side with them to the other side. So the thing is, is to make them understand that perspective. And once they do, it's not as emotionally difficult to maybe accept you know, but Liz, I'm sure that you must have something to add to that, because I know that we have talked about these, these types of things. And, and of course, with the experience that you had, you know, this gentleman who couldn't wait to leave his body. And did he ask any of these questions? It'd be interesting to learn.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, both of you have brought such great points forward that are thought provoking and are going to have everybody who's listening talk about this, which is exactly why we're doing this type of show because we want people to discuss death. And and that's exactly what happened with that gentleman and a a dear friend of mine who passed from a terminal illness who, you know, I was graced, graced to be by her bedside every day. And we had those profound discussions and I wish we had talked more in depth when she was not sick, but it's such a fear-based reality. Let's face it. Amber, your your story about your dad and how his perception of what you were having to deal with. I don't know how many times I probably would be a rich woman if I had a penny for every person that said, that your job must be so difficult, Liz. Mm-hmm. We we have a higher Um, awareness and understanding I was just talking about this on a live I did the other day Amber like you about how you know my perception of death is a wonderful thing I don't see it as a scary terrible disgusting thing I see it as a wonderful release for the soul to be able to to return and and into pure energy the body is the vehicle that that we are burdened with I see it as a burden and the soul being ever absent you know it's it's just amazing to me i understand fully though that not everybody gets that and i think and until you're working in this industry and working with death working with the the past over loved ones working with the the people left behind because let's face it those are the people i feel sorry for the people that are left behind the people that are trying to cope and live without them the person who's who's dead is is in in heaven, uh, literally and figuratively. So, you know, it's just something to make you think, I mean, I would recommend that everybody sit down and create a plan for death. What do you want for when, when you die? How do you want your, your funeral to go? How do you like, what are your plans? Leave a legacy book like Amber talked about, you know, Whatever it takes to make you feel comfortable, but I understand religion and all of those other educational experiences has dictated to you how you're going to think and believe about this, this topic, but step outside of your comfort zone on this, put a little investment and energy into how you want it to play out for you. And you'll be surprised at how by opening that door with others, it's going to, it's going to broaden your horizons on the grandest of scales. So I'm going to put it back to you, Amber, if you have anything to add to that.
0: No, I think that's beautiful. I think that that that's an amazing challenge for people is to go out there and try to think about what it is that you want. I know for one, it is definitely uncomfortable because I'm I'm the person who's always going in and saying, okay, if I die. Like when I die, yes. when I'm having conversations about, you know, where I've left something or who wants this or where's my will or all of these things. Like I'm prepared, will, planning, you know, everything's done because I know firsthand what happens when a parent dies. There's a lot of things that will come up. So I, I've i always been planned and organized in that way, but I find it very frustrating from the person who tries to speak about it to hear everybody else say oh don't think about that don't say that oh my god this is depressing okay great it might be all those things and you might want to avoid it but i still need to know for my soul's peace and and you know for the sake of my mind can you please listen to me for a minute and let me say what i want to have you know because here's the deal once I'm dead. You can't have this conversation with me again. You can't go back and say, wait, where did she say this was? What was I supposed to do with that? And then that's when all of those things come into play about is this what she wanted? Would she have wanted this? And then you drive yourself mad thinking about all those things. So, Liz, I love that. I think we should definitely end on that note of. You know, it's not only just about the person who's dying that it can be difficult for, it can definitely be difficult for your loved ones. So as you're planning and thinking about planning, you know, consider what that means to yourself and to your friends and family that you're discussing it with as well. And we are going to continue the conversation on our next podcast. So tune into the next one when we're discussing the manner of death. See you soon. Bye. Bye guys.